Hey everyone, and welcome to another Devo with Pat and Jamie. Uh, I these are my favorite thing that we're doing in the whole week. What about you, Pat? It's one of my favorite things in the whole week. I personally like One Youth Live. That's my favorite favorite. This is a very close second, though. I think you like One Youth Live because it it forces you to push the most amount of buttons. Like literally, you have to like just your fingers are flying as you're making uh, making everything work for that. It is the most technically intense thing we do. <laughs> I think it might be the most technically intense thing anyone ever does by themselves. Uh, I feel like if if uh, I don't know, it's it's a lot. It's a lot for one for one person, and that person ends up being you. So, <laughs> hooray, hooray for you! At least for the devos, if we make a mistake, you just edit it out. <laughs> that's true. I mean, like if you were to, you know, say a really bad word or say something that's not theologically correct or, you know, misquote someone, you could edit that out, right? Easily. So what are we talking about today? So today we are going to talk about something that I was enjoying uh, earlier today. I was in a meeting and Right now, all the meetings I do are Zoom or Google Hangouts or something like that. And so a lot of folks don't have microphones that pick up just their voices. It picks up everything that's going on around them. Mm-hmm. And so in this meeting, I could hear birds chirping the entire time. Wow. Cool. Like significant. And at first it was annoying. And then it kind of became soothing. And then it reminded me about a verse about birds. Oh, Okay. From Matthew chapter six, uh, there's a whole little section about uh, worrying and not worrying. And people like this verse a lot. It's very comforting. Someone, one of the students actually mentioned this as one of their favorite verses when we were talking about your favorite verse. And so uh, I just wanted to talk about it. Sounds great. Sweet. All right. So before we get started reading the verse, Pat, I want to ask you this. What are you most worried about right now? This very second. It's a little late in the day, and I haven't had lunch yet. So worrying about what I'm going to eat for lunch is starting to set in. Okay. So you're hungry. A little bit. Hunger. More realistic, I have a big video project that I need to render and export uh, sometime before tomorrow. And I don't know when I'm going to do that yet. Have my computer render that project yet. Got it. So you've got some computer work. You've got to feed your uh, your stomach too. So you're you're kind of a busy guy. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Um. So here we go. This is uh. I'm gonna read this. This is Matthew chapter six, verse twenty five, and we're gonna read through verse twenty seven. Uh, which would be pretty good. It's a good section of scripture and um, fairly simple and straightforward to understand. So here we go. Oh, and by the way, this is Jesus speaking. Uh. And he's giving like this thing called the Sermon on the Mount. So that's the context of it. Um, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? 
the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Yeah. Now, I know we've talked about this recently, Pat, and I'm not sure when. I don't know if it was the uh, in another Devo or if it was on a Wednesday night program, but this verse keeps coming up. Yeah, I think it came up on a Sunday morning. But before, yeah. uh, like a couple months ago, before our all of our lives changed, uh, it was talked about then. That's good timing. Yeah. Um, and it's a good thing, I think, to remember. So, Pat, what do you know about birds, man? You ever uh, have birds around? Do you, like, see birds often? Uh, verse 26 tells us to look at the birds of the air. Uh, when when I say something like, hey, look at the birds of the air, hypothetically, what kind of bird comes to mind? So when I was a kid, and even now, uh, when I would travel to Minnesota, my favorite birds to sit and watch were birds called golden finches. And they're little tiny mm. birds. They're about the size of your hand. They're bright yellow. And they eat this little tiny food that's really tiny little seeds that are black. And I would fill up the bird feeders with my grandmother and watch the goldfinches come in and out and play and sing. They sounded cool. Uh, so that's one thing, birds of the air, that comes to mind for... Uh, that right away when I read this passage. The other thing is lately on my walks in the morning, I live in Oceanside, uh, I have seen a lot of parrots and they're bright hmm. green, bright green parrots. They sound so terrible. They sound like oh, screeching, yeah. Yeah. gross sounding, like <laughs> you do not ever want to really, you would not listen to the sound of these parrots for pleasure. But when you hear them, you know that they're flying over and they look really cool, like really cool. I love how they look. And I've never seen parrots just flying or sitting ever. Yeah. Wild parrots. It's kind of a crazy thing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we do have those in Southern California. And um, it, it's not something people, I think, notice. They're not in every area, but it sounds like you got, I don't know, is that a flock? A flock of parrots? I guess that would make sense because it's birds. Yeah, I think it's a flock. And... It's only certain times of the year that I see them, which is really bizarre. So yeah. they're around right now, but they'll be gone before summer really starts to pick up. I, I don't know where they go. It's, uh, yeah, it's weird. It is weird. You wonder, like, well, where do birds go? What, how, where do they, like, take naps? Uh, where Do they ever stop flying? Like, what what <laughs> goes on? Like, what is the deal with these birds? Yeah. Where do they rest? Uh, where do Where do birds go to die? I know that might sound a little morbid, but, you know. It's kind of like a strange reality that, uh, yeah, that strange questions that I'm sure people who know birds would be able to answer, but I can't answer. <laughs> um, when, when I look at birds, the, the first thing that comes to mind since we live kind of close to the beach is you always have seagulls, yep. classic birds, yep. and they're always annoying and they're not like, you're never comforted by the presence of a seagull, right? Cause <laughs> that seagull wants to steal something from you. Um, that's its job or it wants to poop on you. And that's the only thing seagulls do in our world. I'm sure they serve a better purpose, but, uh, those are the two things that, that, uh, come to mind at my kid's school, which is fairly inland. It's probably five miles from the coast. Uh, at their school, there's been several days where my kids will come home and say, Hey, we're hungry. And we're like, well, we, we sent you to school with a lunch. And they're like, yeah, the seagulls got it. I'm like, oh. what? 
They're like, yeah, the seagulls got it. Because the seagulls will dive bomb the kids' lunches if they kind of like leave them out and will just take their food away from them. So, oh, man. <laughs> seagulls come to mind, but, you know, so I know where seagulls get their food. They steal it from small children at elementary schools. Yeah. Um, but the birds that I think of a lot are the birds that are at the beach. And there's a lot of different kinds of birds that are at the beach. You'll get, uh, especially if you're like walking along the water, they're these little tiny birds. They look like almost like a little cotton ball with two little tiny stick legs that stick <laughs> out of them. And they usually run kind of in these little flocks or little packs and they run like towards the water. And then if a little wave comes in, they like run back away. And I swear to you, they never get their feet wet. But they're in this like constant running back and forth, back and forth. Um, and then there's these other birds that have these giant long beaks. Yeah. And they walk along the water and then they stick their beaks like into the sand. Yeah. And I'm assuming they're eating sand crabs or some kind of critters that live in the, in the sand. Um, and I was like watching those birds because those are the ones where I wonder... Like, how do they take care of themselves? What do they eat? How do they, like, live? Like, what? Yeah. And part of me even starts to worry for the birds. Now, you know, I, you know me, Pat. I'm not, like, you know, Mr. Animal Lover kind of a guy. That's just not in my DNA. I don't know, you know, why. We probably could get a therapist on and figure that out for me. But um, just in general, when I see... Uh, critters, especially wild ones, uh, I usually don't have this sense of like, oh, I need to take care of this. But those little tiny puffball birds, when I see them running up and down the coast uh, and running, kind of playing the chase the wave game, part of me is like, you know, I, I worry about them. I, I wonder like, oh, man, I hope, you know, they don't get eaten by bigger birds. Yeah. Or I hope they don't run out of food, like, because they're kind of cool looking. Yeah. Um. So going back to the verse, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow, so that means, you know, they don't plant crops, right? right. You don't see, like, bird farmers. That'd be kind of weird. <laughs> With little hats on. <laughs> <laughs> little Yeah, little hats on, driving little mini pickup trucks, like big diesel pickup trucks, you know, little birds driving around. Uh, <laughs> um, they don't sow or reap, um, meaning they don't plant seeds or cut stuff down or store stuff away in barns. Now, there are birds that do store food. Like, that's, you know, yeah, that's kind of known. But, yeah. you know, they don't have big barns and save up all their foods. They don't have, like, the bird, you know, feeding industry or whatever. Right. And yet, and yet, your heavenly Father feeds them. Wow. Yeah. Kind of cool, right? They don't have God to worry. take care of them. I don't know if a bird even knows what worry is. Yeah. Wor worrying about a meal, you know? Right. And when we've talked about this before, it comes to mind that birds are industrious workers, right? They're not lazy. Right. Right. A bird is, if you watch a bird work, you'll be exhausted just watching what they do. <laughs> like they're not, they move fast, they jump all over the place, they, they're they darting in and out trying to get whatever, you know, food there is to get. And they only, their only mode of transportation is exercise. It's like if we rode our exactly. bikes everywhere. <laughs> exactly. Or can you imagine like sprinting everywhere you went and like, I got to go to the bathroom, sprint. Or I got to get a glass of water, sprint. Or, yeah, right. I got to go to work, sprint. Thinking it, about that is like exhausting. That. <laughs> it is. I am already, I just pulled a hamstring. I don't even know how I'm sitting in a chair. Um, but 
it's crazy to me to think about birds and how much they work and on all that, but they're not worried. So one thing that's hard for me to think about is like, I think God has a word for us in this that we don't need to worry, but that also means we don't need to be lazy, right? Just like yeah. the birds. Yeah. So it doesn't mean, well, just sit down on your couch, don't get a job, don't, you know, do your education, uh, and everything will be fine because God's just going to take care of you, right? Like, yeah. I, you know, I don't think that's what this is saying. Well, I think it's telling, yeah, go ahead. Well, if a bird just sat on the couch all day, uh, they wouldn't survive, you know? Yeah, just unless someone brought him Cheetos. Right. And they could just eat Cheetos all day long on the couch. Right. That was the first image that came to my mind. It was like a crow sitting on a couch eating Cheetos. Nice. Getting Cheeto dust all over its black wings. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> vivid imagination. Vivid, yeah. vivid imagination. So birds uh, are an interesting thing to look at. So it's kind of cool. In this passage, Jesus, he's sitting outside. So this is an outside sermon, Sermon on the Mount. So he's on kind of like a hill. And there's probably quite a few people who are around, which is has something to do with why he'd be on a hill. Because if he sits on the hill, he's kind of a little bit elevated and people can hear him better. And it just makes more sense. So most likely the birds are, when he says, look at the birds in the air, there might have been birds like right there. Uh, he could have been pointing at them even when he said this. Yeah. Um, and he says of the air, I mean, maybe that means they're flying overhead. He's like, hey, look, bird. Uh, and so for us, we can look around at the world and see how much God has taken care of everything in it, how God has provided for um, everything in the world. Yeah. And there's some hope in that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, there's so many species of animals that don't collect, don't hoard up, don't, uh, you know, stock up on stuff. And their species is still thriving. You know, we as humans, we feel we put all of our worth and trust in goods that we can buy and having enough when we should really shift and put more trust in the Lord and more trust in the Lord that the Lord will provide. Yeah. Yeah. Trusting in God. And you know what's funny about birds? I don't think they're thinking like, you know, I was gonna plant some seeds today and I was going to go to my other field and, uh, you know, cut down the plants. And then I was going to take that and I was going to put that in, in my storehouse and then I was going to eat some out of the storehouse. Like, that was my plan today. Yeah. Um, but I trust in the Lord, so I'm not going to do that, right? That It's just, it, that's not the way they're 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 built. Uh, that's not the way they think. At least, I don't know. I haven't really jumped into a bird's head. But um, <laughs> there's something just natural in them that is forced to trust in the Lord. Now, in us, and I think humans are different. Like, I really think there's something different about being human than just being any any old animal. And I think a part of that is we are able to um, be in a place where we have to make sort of a cognitive or emotional decision to trust in God. Um, that's something that we have to, we have to do on our, not necessarily on our own, but uh, as an individual. Yeah. So, because... I know plenty of people, and I'm sure you do too, who don't trust in God, who don't trust that everything's going to be okay, and who work themselves tirelessly. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're like stressed out all the time. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's in it. That's their way that they're living. That's how they're doing their life. Um, and it's hard to argue with someone like that because it's like, you know, they're, they got it dialed in. They know what they're doing. They're working hard. They're pushing forward. And you want to say, well, good job. You're working really hard. Um, well done. But part of me wants to say, hey, have you tried stopping and just trusting in what God would have for you? Yeah. But it, it takes that step of faith at the beginning of it. Yeah. You have to have faith that God, one, exists, and that, two, he cares about you. And then I think, three, that he is capable and able and powerful enough to provide for you. Yeah. And I think that the misinterpretation of this passage all the time is um, just having faith that God is going to provide and then you don't have to do anything. The idea of like, right. oh, if I just sit al- alone, sit around on the couch all day, like you said earlier, food's just going to magically appear. The other piece that is often forgotten, I think, is that there is discernment in how God is going to provide for you. Like right. you need... You can't just only trust that God is going to provide. You have to trust that and then, you know, listen to how God is going to do that because yeah. it, and maybe, you know, maybe for some people, it, the answer is, you know, just sit on the couch and God is going to provide whatever that person needs in that moment. I'm not saying yeah. that there's that, that won't be an answer, but what I'm saying is you can't just trust that it's going to just poof and be there there's a lot of discernment that has to go into it too and conversation with God. Yeah. yeah. I think the best analogy, one of the best I've ever heard is, is the surfing analogy. Um, I'm not a surfer. Uh, when I was a kid, I would go paddle out and watch my friends surf uh, and try not to get destroyed paddling in. Um, but when you surf, there's nothing you can do to make a wave happen. Mm-hmm. Like you can't will a wave to show up. Um, right. But on the other side of it, too, is you can't just sit there and have the perfect wave show up and take you for a ride. Uh, It's kind of like a a balance between your own knowledge and then just the natural thing that that happens. So, yeah. um, And and so I think in a lot of ways, faith and and doing things for the Lord, it's like, yeah, God's going to provide, but there's going to be a time where you're going to need to paddle. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, if you're really good, like if you're thinking ahead and planning ahead, you you need to know where to be, the right place to be. But yeah, so it, it just comes down to like, you know, if you have faith uh, and you're worried about maybe where your next meal is going to come from, um, or you're worried about, you know, what you're going to wear, or you're worried about, uh, you know, you have some insecurity of a physical need for yourself, and you just don't know, but you do have faith. Um, the challenge for us is how do we turn that energy of worry into faith? Like, what exactly does that look like? That's to me, that's like the real big challenge that comes um, that comes down to this, right? So, like, it says at the end of this verse, "Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life?" And it's ironic because I think, you know, doctors have kind of figured out that stress and anxiety uh, that maybe would come from worry doesn't add hours to our life. It takes hours away from our life. Yeah. Uh, It does the opposite. Right. So actually by not worrying, you can probably add hours to your life uh, or add days to your life. So, but for for us, the challenge is how, how do we take that energy of worry that's in us 
and then recognize that God cares about us more than even the birds, um, and knowing that we are valuable to him, how do we take that and turn that into, you know, forward momentum or paddling towards the wave or, you know, actually putting in some effort towards, towards that? Like, what does that look like? And that to me is a really, really, uh, challenging thing to do. There's a part of us that says we want to take care of things on our own, right? We yeah. want to be individualistic. We want to be, you know, self, uh, uh, self-achieving and um, self-actualizing. Mm-hmm. And what God is saying, you don't need to self-actualize. You need to uh, rely on Him. Yeah, and He's going to give you the best sense of self, right? I think what I think of it in that is, you know, instead of worrying. Think back to a time where you had worried in the past and reflect on how God provided. Because Oh, there, such a good word, man. That's in, great. In a lot of situations where you're worrying or not, understanding you don't really see how God is going to provide in the moment, right? Because it hasn't happened. You can't really see steps ahead of your life, but you can know that he's going to provide by reflecting on your past, reflecting on how God has come through for you in the past, how God has provided for you. And so in times of worry, that's a great thing to do. That's such a good word to, to look back, right. To look at the history of your life and see, Oh, wait a minute. You know, I didn't know if I was going to have food that day and God provided, or I didn't know if I was going to have, you know, the right clothes to wear. I didn't know if I had uh, a place to live and God provided. Yeah. It's amazing to see how God provides. The other thing, too, that comes later in this verse, um, in verse 33 of chapter 6, God says, Jesus says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Mm-hmm. So I think in, in that verse, there's a priority thing, right? It's kind of like, is your first priority just taking care of your basic needs? And if taking care of your basic needs of food or like clothing or looking good, if that's like your number one thing, your priorities are off. Yeah. If you if your number one thing is seeking God's kingdom, then God's going to give you everything else that you need. Yeah, and you know that's like you. I think that's good wisdom to always seek His kingdom first because. If you are putting your hopes in getting something specific, God providing in a, in a specific way, maybe you're setting yourself up a little bit for disaster. You know what yeah. I mean? Because yeah. the way God provides might be different than what you're dreaming of, but it's going to be better. Even if like, yep. even if it seems worse, long, like big picture, long term, it's going to be better. There's things that have happened in my life. And I've said, God, why are you doing this to me? God, like, why did you let me mess up my knee? Why are you making it so I can't be active for months on end? But, you know, in later, I realized God was doing that to teach me how to rest. God was doing that to teach Mm -hmm. me to mellow out. God was doing that to to help me get a little more grounded in my faith. I think God was pulling me closer, but I would have never guessed or even known any of that in the moment. So and you can't set expectations. You got to like seek first, seek his kingdom first, trust in him first, trust that he's going to provide first. And yeah, don't, you yeah. don't really need to go much beyond that. Let God do the work because he's going to do work anyway. He's doing work yes. every moment of every day. Yes, Absolutely. That is such a good word. 
And I think that, you know, for us as followers of, of Jesus, and I, I think to my high school friends, you know, folks who are in high school or maybe even middle school, and there's so many things to be worried about. I mean, walking onto the campus in the morning, the first thing you worry about is like, okay, do I look good enough to fit in? Maybe it's not, do I look good enough to like look real good? It's more like, do I look good enough just to not have people make fun of what I'm wearing or how my hair is or, um, you know, or whatever it is, however you're feeling about yourself. You know, some people feel like, oh, I'm too skinny. Some people feel like I'm too fat. Uh, some people feel like I'm too tall or I'm too short. A lot of a lot of high school and middle school people walk onto campuses and 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 they're worried about that before they even get out there. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I noticed they worry about is like, did I do my homework? Did I did I actually get this stuff done? Yeah, I'm super stressed out. I'm super worried. And like, how, how am I gonna you know how am I gonna get the right grades? Uh, yeah. Am I gonna make the right teams? Am right. I I need to make sure I go to every practice? I mean, it like adds on. The pile gets pretty thick. Yeah, and so having all that worry and all that stress sitting on you is rough. And I doubt, I doubt that there are many high school people. I know some who, when they wake up in the morning, the first thing they think about is, am I, how am I going to live for God's kingdom today? Yeah. Right. How am I going to, how am I going to make an impact in my world, in my school that is for God's kingdom? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's something simple. Like, you're walking and the, your first inclination in your head is, do I look good? So maybe you turn that around and say, you know what? The first person I see, I'm going to compliment them on something. Yeah. You know, some like, hey, your hair looks good. Or I don't know, whatever it would be. It already sounds awkward saying that out loud. But, <laughs> um, I, you know, I've done that. And if you're in high school, man, that means the world to someone. Right. To have someone give a compliment about something, you don't want to like fake it and be like, hey, those shoes look awesome. Uh, and they don't. Um, but, but if you gave someone a compliment, uh, that would, man, that would, that would start to live for God's kingdom. Or another example would be you get into a class and you're really struggling with like one particular concept, uh, in the class and you're just not sure how to deal with it. Uh, and, and so you start stressing out and worrying about it. Well, maybe you ask for help when other people in the class already want help, but you just don't want to look stupid because you feel like you're the only person who needs help with it. Yeah. Um, you know, that happens a lot. And yeah. then everyone like senses that relief when the, the teacher's like, oh yeah, like, sorry, I didn't teach you this. Or here's another way to look at it. And everyone's like, oh great. Now we don't like, now we don't have to ask. So I think there's a lot of things on, on the high school campus and in the typical life of someone who's kind of that age where you can turn some of that stuff around. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can change someone's life in a huge positive way just by one little yeah. compliment. I, that's what I think we are going to leave you with today. You know, text someone, compliment them. Pick up the phone and call someone, compliment them. Think of someone and compliment them. Get outside of yourself and live for God's kingdom. <laughs>